Welcome to the Fearless Female Podcast, your home for business, mindset, and energetic motivation and inspiration. I'm your host, Zoe McKenna, and I believe that you can truly create a life where you make all the decisions. A life where you get to spend each day how you choose just by being exactly who you are. And the best part is, it's all inside of you already. My mission is to help you see just how unique you really are. Join me every week to uncover more about how you can use your mind to create a life that you love. Let's go. Hello, fearless females. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to have Susan on the podcast today. Susan is a hypnotherapy coach and we are going to be talking a lot about a lot of different things today actually but we're going to be talking about trauma and breakthroughs that we can have and kind of going back a little bit more towards how we were as a child and all the kind of things that come to our lives and our businesses today as a effect of that. So I really just want to welcome Susan. I'm going to let you explain a little bit about what you do, how you got into it and all of that good stuff. Hello, thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. I am a trauma-informed life coach. I've studied various different modalities, so hypnotherapy, NLP, positive psychology coaching, um, and really because it's helped me just bring so much more deeper, profound subconscious change to people. And, and I'm largely working with people who are stuck, who are stuck in negativity, stuck with perhaps mental health issues or really just feeling like life's just a bit of a drain for them. And a lot of the work that I do is all around working on the subconscious. And um, you mentioned childhood. Most things that ha- people have issues with happened in childhood we are basically a walking talking subconscious mind up to the age of seven and um, that's when all our childhood development issues can affect us so it's almost like the small trauma rather than big trauma and everybody's experienced some kind of trauma we all think if somebody says um we all think they had a happy childhood a lot of people think they have a happy childhood and that's almost a trigger for me when somebody says I had a happy childhood you're like "Mm, okay yeah there's something in there so um yeah that's largely the work that I do I've got a a 10-week program which really goes deep down into what's keeping you stuck what happened in your childhood that perhaps has created beliefs that you've got about yourself beliefs as we know are what runs our lives all of our subconscious programming and beliefs that we created way back in childhood are what are still playing out for us now so that's pretty much what I do in a nutshell um, a lot of the, the modalities that I've trained in hypnotherapy and NLP can really help create the shift and the change at a subconscious level as well yeah I absolutely love that and I feel like there's going to be so many good things that we can dive into there because I find it so interesting obviously I'm business and mindset coach I've not done huge amounts of childhood stuff I'm starting to do little bits here and there but it was something I was a little bit scared of opening it's like opening that can of worms like what am I going to find it's all of those things that are like well I'm actually yeah I am quite happy I am quite good but I feel like when you get to those levels and you dig deeper, that's when the magic happens and that's when you can create big changes in your life. And yeah, just I can see it just by a little bit. Mm. But 
I can only imagine the amount of people that you coach and all the clients that you deal with that you'll see so many different things let's just start with as you said before like the first seven years of being a child like why is it those first seven years why are they most important and what are the things that we're picking up and even obviously as parents now as well like how can we be helping or developing our children in those first seven years yeah this often scares people because they're like oh my god what have I been doing to my children (laughs) you know when you start to understand how the first seven years of any child's life are so important and it's because the rational part of the mind isn't yet formed so effectively kids are just so open aren't they you know like you've got three kids so you know I don't have any but they're just so open to everything that's going on they're taking everything in and they're being programmed by their environment by people so their caregivers their parents their siblings their teachers and um what children do or what we do as as kids is we apply meaning to things that happen And so this is where like developmental trauma can occur. So if a child is repeatedly told to stop doing a certain behavior or stop doing something, so be their authentic selves, then they can internalize that and make it mean something about themselves, like they're not lovable or they're not good enough because they don't have, like as an adult, you might see a behavior or somebody do a behavior and say, well, they're just doing that because the kid's being naughty, but the kid doesn't understand that. So we internalize it or they internalize it and they make it mean something about themselves. That's when a belief's caused. So I've been doing this work myself. I'll give you an example of what's come up for me. Um, I have this belief that I've had for a long, long time, and I'm sure many people on this podcast will have it too, imposter syndrome, right? Mm. So I spent many years working in corporate world where I could never understand how I'd got to the role that I was in. When we're going to get caught out? Like, how's when's somebody going to find out that I'm actually not really good at what I do? And I was, right? I had had a lot of respect, but deep inside of me, I had this belief that I was stupid, that I wasn't as good as everybody else, that I wasn't smart as everybody else. And as I was... um, doing my training and and I work with compassionate inquiry which is an approach by Dr Gabor Mate who's like one of the leading experts on childhood developmental trauma so as I was doing my training what that took me to was I've got two older brothers who I got on greatly with and we had a great childhood there's the happy childhood that I mentioned and um, they always used to laugh at me now they always used to laugh at me because I was doing funny things I was always like on the next big thing like how was I going to make money and how was I going to get be entertaining people and they would always laugh at me because they thought I was hilarious I was funny and as the adult I can see that like we always laugh about all the things I used to get up to but when I was taken to this place as a child or the young like the young Susan I felt ridiculed so every time they laughed at me it was hurtful I felt like they were ridiculing me like they were making fun of me now, I'd, I'd never known that. And it wasn't until I did that deep exploration work that I was like, oh my God, this is where this belief comes from. Because I can't really remember it too much. But as you go into the process, it takes you there. Memories pop up. And memories pop up as a way to serve you to help your transformation. And so this belief has hindered me forever. And it's still there, right? Because your beliefs always take work to to move them through. But now that I know where it's come from and where its roots are, it's like I can 
tell that child part of me that shows up when I'm activated and I don't, I don't think I'm good enough to do something I can remind myself it's okay it's just that belief that was formed in childhood and I can almost just take a few breaths and just lean in to do the thing that I want to be doing so yeah that's a really brilliant example of how something like that like I said the example of happy childhoods you know there's still things that affect a child growing up because that rational part of your mind that says, oh, they're just they're just having fun with you. They're just laughing along with you. They're not laughing at you. You don't have that part of your brain formed yet to, to put that um, rationality into it. So that's how easy it can be if a child is told something over and over that they make it mean something about themselves. Yeah. No, I actually really love that example. Um, I want to go back to the imposter syndrome in a minute, but I wanted to just say that my middle one is she's six. So she's obviously still in this cycle and you can see the difference. Like because I've got my oldest is 10. So she's obviously different. They can rational rationalize, but she's, she's the same. She like my, the oldest one always laughs at her, you know, like, and she's very, Olivia's like very chill. She's just like an easy child. She just does her way or we things, but she can when someone else is laughing like when Jessica's laughing or you can see she just turns like she goes into this really horrible like mood where like no one can talk to her she can't do anything you can tell that she's probably I don't know embarrassed or hurt or whatever she's feeling and I obviously I mean I'm not I'm still learning a lot myself so I'm like trying to teach them things but obviously we're not perfect we're still trying to do it in the way we're busy there's there's other screaming children um so I'm always just like Jessica like that's not very nice like that's you're hurting Olivia you, you can't laugh at other people um and then obviously I'm trying to explain to Olivia that she's just doing it because she knows you're reacting to it um she doesn't actually mean to laugh at you just trying to explain it through with her but I can see from that like how that could really have an effect on her because you can tell already that she feels that and she has that um it's, it's hard because some children will maybe not show it like if that was Jessica she would probably just I wouldn't tell like I wouldn't tell if someone was doing that if if they were laughing at her she would maybe just you know go do something else or mm. like not show that she was feeling like that but you can really see it with Olivia um and you can tell she's the type of person that she asks you a million questions about everything. She wants to know everything about the world. She likes learning. She's like very, like the total opposite from Jessica, but she she's just like really, really curious, you know, inquisitive and she wants to know everything. So as you were saying before, like when they're, they they take on everything at that age, she's obviously still at that that stage now. And she's, she is, attaching meaning to that she's mm -hmm. she's feeling like that means something like that they're laughing at her so I really yeah I can get why we would be like that like and obviously for us as adults now it is like difficult for, for us to understand like as you said it's not something you've ever really thought about until yeah. you've gone in and done the work that's really powerful um how how would people like what would you say would be the best thing for them to start doing this kind of work and what is actually the benefit of them doing it so the, the key thing is like we're all running from 
but as adults, right, we're all like, I've just given you a beautiful example of this imposter syndrome. So that belief that was formed in my childhood that I didn't even know was there. Well, I know it was there. I didn't know why. Yeah. Has been running my life for the last 20 years. And it's only recently that I've really found the root cause of it. So knowing that the root cause of that belief now, when it does appear, like, for example, even come on this and do this with you. Like a few years ago, I would have been nervous. I would have been like, oh, how am I going to come across? You know, all this sort of um, fears and things would have been coming in. But whenever that pops up for me now, I can just say it's okay. It's just that old belief that's showing up. And that gives you power in the moment to actually just do the thing or choose something different. So it gives you that um, present moment awareness. So if like a lot of people I'm working with come to me because they feel down, they feel stuck, they feel like life's shit, basically. And um, when you start to take them back to some of the things in their childhood, then you really unfold and unpack what the beliefs they've got about themselves are. And when they start to see these limiting and negative beliefs for what they are and how they've been holding them back, awareness on its own is like 95% of the um, the resolution because once you have awareness of the belief where it's come from how it was formed then it starts to diminish with its power and then you can obviously start to um, you can start using affirmations and things if you want to start reprogramming beliefs but just having that awareness of it in its own right just gives you so much more power as the adult to 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 do something different and a lot of the times like we all still live from this wounded inner child that's still still running amok and um it's almost sometimes we can ask ourselves like who's making this decision right now is it the child or is it me you know it's yeah. a really beautiful question to ask yourself is is this the wounded child within me that's that's reacting responding you know when you're triggered or whatever or is it the adult me and then that's an opportunity where you can just have a bit of compassion and sympathy for that young part of you that was heart and childhood but if you don't if you're not aware that those things are there in your subconscious then you don't know you don't know what you don't know do you mm -hmm. but when you do know you've got a choice you've got power you've got the opportunity to to do something different yeah I, I love that you mentioned the awareness part because actually in the last episode that we did it was a lot of like mindset things with Danielle Um, we talked a lot about self-awareness because even just having that self-awareness is a huge part of it it's a huge step forward whether it is whatever area of life it is that you're trying to kind of break through or overcome or get better in. Um, so you talked a lot about, about imposter syndrome before, and obviously we've had this example, but it comes in so many different forms and so many different areas. And I'm, I've suffered from it hugely when obviously I created my business through just my own kind of learning and knowledge I didn't go to like university or business school or anything like that so I've literally just <laughs> winged my way through yeah. <laughs> I just like winging it daily um <laughs> and then obviously I created like good success in my business and I'm like got all this responsibility of a team and obviously as a parent and a wife and like there's a lot of people obviously relying on me so but the imposter syndrome comes from like well I don't really know what I'm doing or like I don't know how I did it or I just kind of like I don't really have the knowledge and I, 
I still get it. I still get it like every single day. And I feel like a lot of people do. Is imposter syndrome something that will ever go away? Or is it something that we just learn to manage? I think that it's both, to be honest, because you have to obviously go do the work, like I've just mentioned, to understand what's creating the imposter syndrome in the first place. And there's so many factors in it as well in modern life, isn't there? Like we've got social media, we compare ourselves all the time to everybody and everything, and we always see the best in somebody versus the worst in ourselves. So that's the comparison that we make. It's not even like for like, and we're all unique and individuals, so there's nothing to compare to, is there? Mm -hmm. But once you actually do the deeper work on yourself to understand where this belief co comes from or what, what what's at the core of how you feel that you're not good enough, that you're not smart enough, that you're not whatever enough, that is power. Because then when you do see it playing out, like you've just mentioned, you've got all this stuff to do running a business and I, I don't know if I'm good enough for it or I'm all this. When you catch yourself in it, when you've got that awareness, you can actually say, all right, okay, this is just my belief popping up. I can do this. I've done it before. And that's when your mindset works that you mentioned pops in where you can actually step from noticing your belief to kicking into your mindset and going, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I've done it before. I'm more than capable. I've done it for 10 years. You know, it's all about that reaffirming mm -hmm. and payment. Yeah. Um, so if someone like obviously is starting off and obviously you do this in your coaching and everything, but is there a couple of things that or exercises just because I'm very, I like tangible things all the time. Um, <laughs> is there like a couple of exercises or questions or anything that they can do if this pops up like in their day-to-day -day life or just something like quick and easy that could zap them out of it? Yeah. So the first thing, everything's awareness, right? Because we're all stuck in our heads, particularly with things like this, right? It's either a fear of the future or a worry from the past. So the more that you can practice being present to the moment, the more you're out your head. Because it's really the thoughts and the mind that are creating whatever it is, like the story or the, um, the belief. So if you can actually just take yourself out of whatever's going on, sit for a few minutes and just get really present. Check in with your thoughts. Like what's going on in my thoughts? Is this thought true or false? That's the first thing I would ask because 90% of the time it'll be a story or it'll be a perception. Is this thought true or false? Is this thought helpful or harmful? Another great question because again, it just gives you the opportunity to just really self-inquire as to What's going on inside of me right now? What's the thought that I'm thinking? Is it true or false? Is it helpful or harmful? And just doing that little bit of self-inquiry for a moment will probably help you go, right, I'm just making this up and it's not helping me in this moment. So I'm going to go do something else. So that's a great way is just really checking in with your thoughts. And the other big thing is um, checking in with your energy, your emotional state. So if you are in a negative place if you are feeling stress or anxiety what can you do right now to go and take yourself out of that state and get yourself up the emotional guidance scale if you like so if you're feeling stressed what would take you out of stress in this moment it might be you go for a walk or it might be that you phone and have a wee chat with your mum or your friend or so anything that's going to break your emotional state that you're in 
to get you out of stress and into something better. And that's always a really good tip for even if you're like, you'll, you'll know about procrastination. We're all guilty of that as uh, business owners. Like it's a great example. If you're trying to get all this work done, but you can't get anything done because you're procrastinating, what's going to get you out of procrastination? And if that means you've got to go and take a 10 minute walk, even though you've not got 10 minutes, it's going to give you back so much more time in the long run. Yeah. Check your thinking, check your feeling and change them. Yeah, no, that is, that's really good. And that question, is this harmful or is this helpful? I feel like that's a really good thing to just check in with yourself with. Um, You talked a lot about, about being present and bring yourself back to the present moment. Mm. Now, this is something that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. What I struggle with, especially with someone with ADHD whose brain is going a million miles an hour, I've got so many thoughts happening constantly. Yeah. I've got the Headspace app. I try meditation. I I am, you know, again, sometimes I don't think I give myself enough credit because I'm always like, well, I'm not, I'm not doing this. But I think, because I am really, really self-aware, so I do check in with myself a lot. So I do have this, the awareness part down to a T. I know I've got that. Um, but the whole being present thing sometimes I feel that a lot bit confusing because like I think being present can be just like the questions you've asked saying like checking in with yourself checking in with your energy asking those questions but I feel like when the, we hear you know like because everywhere now and all it's like be present be in the moment be in this it can be a little bit like well I want to be in the moment and like enjoy this time and obviously it's really good for your mind but I still want to have all these ideas I want to know what I'm doing tomorrow I know what I want to do I'm doing this week it's where the creativity comes from you know like the future planning and all of that so for someone obviously like me and I'm sure there's loads of other people like this listening who do struggle to just be present be in the moment is there anything that can help you stay kind of in that zone, in that kind of yeah. space of not being overly distracted? Or is there like a right or wrong way to do it? Um, no is probably the answer. But I guess if you think about if you're not present, where are you? You're in your head. Mm -hmm. You're either present or you're in your head, aren't you? So if you, like, I know what you're saying, you've got to be in your head to be creative and be this, but can you be present to being creative? So it's being present to the task at hand. But what happens is you're doing the thing, you're, you're doing the task at hand, you're being creative, but you're also thinking about your to-do list. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's just bringing it back to, okay, I'm going to focus on this one thing now and just be present in that. And then I'll move on to the to-do list. And then I'll move on to the whatever's next but that is the dance isn't it because the mind all the mind's nature is it wants to wander so it's all about always pulling yourself back to the task that you're doing and even if it's something like um, if you've got a huge to-do list and you say right I'm just going to take these three things these three things on my to-do list and I'm going to do them and I'm going to do this one thing first and once I finish that I'm going to do the next thing and then I'm going to do the next thing and just give it your full attention I'm like you, I'm exactly the same. Like my head goes a million miles an hour and um, 
I jumped from one thing to another to another. My partner laughs at me all the time. He's like, I thought you were doing that thing over there. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I go up and do it. So it's really just about deciding what's the things you need to get done today and just make it three. I start with three. And then once you've done the three, you can go into the rest. That in itself makes it manageable, doesn't it? And then if you say, right, the first thing I'm, I'm just going to focus on that. And that is, that's, that's the challenge is just focus on one thing at a time, get yourself out of your head and into the task whatever it is that you're doing, or if it is that you've got to be doing mind work, then you're in the task doing the mind work, whatever that is. Um, yeah. med- Meditation has been the thing that's changed my relationship with my mind, like a daily meditative practice. And it took me years. It's taken me years to be consistent. It's taken me years to build up the time. And even still now I can spend a whole 20 minutes meditation thinking, but the more you do that dance of realizing your thinking, focusing back on the present, coming out your head back to the present, the more um, control you get over your mind throughout your day. And I think that's what real meditation is so beneficial for us. It's almost like that's the training practice, your 10 minutes, because when you are in the day and you're trying to get focus on doing a task, you can recognize that you're in your head and just need to bring yourself back. Yeah, no, I like, I love the fact that you, are honest and be like yeah I still I've been doing meditation for this long but yeah I still can just be sitting thinking because I feel like sometimes you can feel like you're doing it wrong because you're like I shouldn't be thinking here mm. and because I like I don't I can do a meditation I'll do it for maybe like 10 minutes which seems to be quite a good number for me just now um, but I will kind of pop in and out of these thoughts of, like oh like what else can I do and I suppose meditation can be good for that as well as a creative person or like a a business owner or whatever because meditation can bring out some of your creative ideas as long as you said like coming back and realizing where you are and going back into that state and I think it's like just letting people know that there isn't a right or wrong like it is like yeah we can't it doesn't mean just because you're doing meditation doesn't mean you have to be sitting like this and like yeah sometimes I will like meditate you know when you're out and about and doing it or or I'm stretching Mm -hmm. like that's a good I find that's a good way to meditate for me because I like to be doing something I just like to be doing something when I'm like thinking I don't know like or not I find what I'll do is I'll put like a yoga video on but I'll mute the sound and just right. follow the moves yeah, yeah. and then I can I, I'm more present that way because I'm I'm able to like bring my thoughts back you know to the present moment but I'm still moving and I'm still know that I'm getting something else out of it at the same time. <laughs> that's habit stacking isn't it yeah. um, there's a massive misconception about meditation which is about quiet in your mind and it's not it's absolutely not about quiet in your mind because you're never going to quiet in your mind. The mind's nature is to think. That's what it does. We have something crazy like 60,000 thoughts a day. Meditation is about noticing the thoughts come in and allowing them to pass. So it's just allowing them to pass through. What we do though as humans is we get involved in the thought and we get we give it airtime and we make it bigger and uglier and it then becomes feelings in the body. Whereas meditation is just not, oh, there's a thought, but just letting it pass, almost like clouds in the sky. I always think of it like that. Just let them flow through. But then when you're doing your meditation practice, you recognize you've got into the thought and you've been really thinking about it for two or three minutes. Oh, I'm thinking, right, let it pass, let it pass. And that's the dance. 
Mm, yeah so that's like the key that's what you're trying to create then you're just trying to create the awareness of that thought because then that'll bring that awareness back into your day when you're having these um self-doubts or imposter syndromes you're you're getting to become aware of that and then yeah, yeah so I feel like like people need to talk more about that because I think there is a lot of misconceptions about meditation and and I think well what I definitely seen from it for so long was like you just need to be like like I just think of like a monk just like this peaceful state of mind there's nothing else going on and like it's just not practical for someone that's you know busy running businesses and kids and family life and everyone's busy you know like so meditation like as you've put it in a much more simpler way it's just about recognizing those thoughts and like letting yourself come back to yourself which makes it sound a lot easier yeah but that's the dance because it is bloody hard it's it's, (laughs) it is actually really simple but it's bloody hard (laughs) yeah because the mind wants to the mind wants to think it wants to wander it wants to take you into negativity Mm -hmm. I know yeah it's it's one of the things though like the more you do it the easier it becomes yeah that's Um, just about doing that practice isn't it because the more you practice the more you sit with it the more power it's like training a wild animal is training the mind Mm -hmm. definitely so let's talk a little bit about breath work because I know it's something that you you do or you've done before and I find this hard as well um I just feel like I can't breathe like I try I've done all these like breathing techniques and I do find them so powerful I feel like it's so great like to release your mind get you back in a good state but you know when we do all these like this breath work when you have to breathe in for four or breathe out for eight like I only get to like two or three and I'm like I can't breathe anymore like I think I've got I always used to say to my husband like I think I've got a breathing problem because it like I couldn't like I could never run or anything like because I would get like my chest would get tight I couldn't breathe and I was like but even just like normal breathing I want it to be part of my day and be and I am learning to breathe you know through my stomach and not breathe like bring the shoulders up and just I'm being more aware of it so I feel like it's helping how can we get better at breathing how can we actually incorporate and like because I know how much how many benefits there are is to trying out all these different breathing techniques so what you've described there you may have stuck energy trapped inside of you um so like trauma trauma response in your body is literally trapped energy so trauma is also somatics which is what breath work is because it's like um you know like if somebody's been in an accident or something they'll tremble they'll shake that's a natural response for the energy to leave the body animals are brilliant at it. you'll see animals like dogs shake all the time that's them releasing expended energy so the trauma response that happens to you is something that happens inside so I wonder if perhaps people not necessarily but some people who can't or what you're describing can't um, breathe properly and you've been trying it might be that you've got some stuck energy in your system somewhere so that's one thing but I think with breathing it's like everything it's like meditation you've just got to practice you've got to learn the techniques try different techniques because some might work for you some might not um 
because even breath work it can be quite difficult can't it to do it but we're we're so conditioned to breathe from someone like 20 percent our lungs and that's why a lot of the breathing techniques tell you to breathe in your belly you're not actually breathing in your belly but you're breathing in the bottom part of your lungs mm -hmm. because um we've just stopped doing it like see if you look at a baby a baby breathes perfectly a baby breathes perfectly and it uses its whole lungs like its whole whole body will go up and down because it uses its whole lungs but we've just evolved to use less and less of our lung capacity so it's it's almost a process of relearning how to use this massive expansive deeper part of your lungs that you've got and that takes practice effort discipline so the belly breath is actually dealing just, just breathing in the lower part of your lungs and um, one of the breathwork techniques that I do is a belly chest exhale so it's almost like going to the deep part of your lungs then the top part of your lungs then exhaling um so yeah i would just say stick with it try different techniques try some of that deeper holotropic type breath work as well as some of the stuff that you spoke about like breathe for four hold for four exhale for four that's a great way to get started but it just takes practice and again it's it's using the mindfulness with it so that you are not in the head and actually in the body yeah and what is the big difference what is the benefits even for people to start getting in tune with their breathing well I think that it's one of the so the breath is the anchor to the present moment so everything that we're trying to do is, is be present even like helping people recover from trauma is actually bringing people back to the present because the present moment is the only moment that exists past gone future doesn't exist this is the only moment but we are all living in our heads which is the past or the future so by doing breath work you're you're anchored into the present moment you're really focused on what is happening now it can help you release negative emotions it can help um regulate your nervous system there's so many benefits to be had from breath work like such an incredible practice but ultimately it is all bringing you into the present moment yeah and so we've got meditation we've got breath work what other kind of things can bring us out of our head and back into our bodies again is there anything else that you think would really help us just yeah I think um there's loads of things like so for example I do a morning routine every morning and I always try and bring some kind of movement practice into it because movement's a brilliant way to get into the body and into the present. Like dancing, um, or I like to do a rage dance as well. So, you know, if you've got somebody's pissed you off or you're angry at something, like see just putting on the most outrage, like rage against the machine song and just yeah. that's a great way to um let go of some energy that's um built up but also again brings you back in the present once you've shaken is another great example like i mentioned you know um dogs are great at shaking so that's a great way to get in the present it's just like spending five minutes shaking and then just focus back on your body how it feels notice the energy moving through your body great great little technique to get back in the present going for a walk like going out in nature being surrounded in nature a brilliant way to get back into the present like noticing the sun and feeling the air on your skin or like hearing the waves crashing against the the beach 
all amazing little ways. Everybody's different, so you've got to work out what those things are for you. But what I would, um, here's another little technique that people might do is write a list of 10 things that get you out of your head and into the present moment. And so for me, that might be phoning a friend, taking a bath, getting out into nature, dancing, shaking, whatever. And once you've got your list of 10, when you find yourself in your head and you're struggling to do the thing that you're trying to do, pull out your phone, look at your list of 10 and go, right, I'm going to go do that thing. And then, because a lot of times when you're in your head, you struggle to go, how do I get back into the present? So if you've got your wee list on your phone, then that can really help you just go and pick one of those things and do it. Yeah. All things that bring you back into the, the present moment, isn't it? Like a yoga class or, you know, exercise even helps you get into the present moment. Yeah, and you're right. It's all, every, I feel like it just always comes back to awareness again. What? might bring me back might be different from what brings you back in, in the present yeah. moment um so I think just understanding yourself and knowing what feels good to you and sometimes you'll see other people doing all these things and they feel a bit like out there for you mm. but you might just want to do like a walk along the beach or like for me I love I love the ocean I love the sea so I'll go down to the beach mm. and just listen to the waves and I just love that like that's my, I prefer that than going into the woods, you know, like the woods don't really give me that yeah. as much. Whereas like I love, I don't know what, because I'm quite a visual person. So I like the colors, you know, like the blue sea and light sky. And I'm aware of that, like how I like visually nice things. Mm -hmm. So for me, that gives me that sense of calmness. Like I can really listen and massage for me is yeah. the only thing that will switch me off from anything like, my husband knows if I'm in a mood or anything it'll just come and like rub my back or if I'm in a mood with him he'd be like I could literally do anything to you and as long as I was like coming for a massage you'd just be like oh <laughs> <laughs> I just like my whole body just like falls like no. <laughs> so, yeah it's just like and then he hates massage and his mom as well we're talking about this she hates massage. She goes, she feels so awkward, so self-conscious. She feels like she just wants it to be over with. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like slavering on the pillow. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so good for me. And it's just an amazing example yeah. of how someone can love something and someone yeah. can just really be the opposite end. Yeah. So if you're not aware of it, like you're not going to get back to this moment or feeling good about anything if you don't understand yourself absolutely you and that's where I'm like we could we get so wrapped up in comparing ourselves to other people but we're all unique beautiful souls who have our own little quirks and our own enjoyments and our own things that turn us on and turn us off and knowing yourself on that level again awareness on a deeper level like even asking yourself those 10 questions what 10 things make me feel present like a bit a lot of people have never asked themselves that and just having that list on your phone for when you are in a funk of negativity or feeling a negative emotion or stuck in your head to be able to go to your phone and go right I'm going to go down the beach and walk in barefoot in the sea because I know that that'll get me out of this then that's powerful isn't it 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, there's so many things. I feel like we could like dive into a hundred <laughs> more things. We're going to have to do another episode, I think, at some point, um, just dig deeper because there's so many things, I think. And it relates to like life, business, whatever it is, but I think it all comes back to the same and just mm. trying to be like our higher selves being the best version of us um but I feel like there's a lot of things that people can take away start doing making those lists becoming more aware I think it will really really help people like you know move forward and try and break down all of these self-doubts and imposter syndromes and everything like that so I really really appreciate you coming on to the podcast and um, just to let everyone know where they can come and find more information about you and see all the great work that you're doing. Um, yeah, just let everyone know. Okay. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. I am Susan Findlay, or I'm on Facebook, Susan Findlay Life Coach, or on my website, susan-finlay.com. Amazing. Oh, I'm so thankful for you to come on the podcast. I feel like everyone's going to get so, so much out of it. It's going to be amazing. Um, everyone go and follow Susan. You're going to love all the stuff. She does amazing chat and videos, just like so much education over there. So go and follow her. I'll leave it in the show notes below. And if you're on YouTube, I'll do it in the description below as well. Thanks so much for coming on, Susan. You're welcome. It was great to be here. Oh my God, that episode was so much fun. I feel like we got so many good little nuggets in there. I really want to dive deeper into all of that so hopefully we can do another episode. If it resonated, if you liked it, don't forget to write a review. It's the only way we can get this podcast out there to more fearless females. I really, really want this widespread as much as possible and it's the only thing that I can tell that if you're actually liking the podcast. You can also come over to my Instagram, Zoe X McKenna, if you want to come and say hi, let me know that you enjoyed the podcast. You can share it and tag me and I will reshare it. All of the feedback really, really matters. Also, if you are wanting to start a YouTube channel in 2023, if it's something that's been on your list or even right now, I have just launched my free mini course. It's got everything in there that you will need to get started on YouTube. There's so much goodness in that free course. I will leave it below so that you can get your free copy of the course and you will just love it. I feel like you'll love it. I hope you have enjoyed today's podcast and I will see you again next week.